Man, wait till we get a load of this guy. <laughs> Come on, Zach. Let's go. How long have we known each other? Oh, gosh. Uh, Mid-90s-ish. So, it's been a 26, 27 yeah. years in there somewhere? Yeah. Originally from Southern California. Let me qualify that, though, because I don't know what Zach, but you, you, there's usually these gaps about six months when when I call you and you call back, so yeah. just so everybody knows, it's it's typical. Wow. Don't worry about that. I He'll just, get back to you. I just, just don't, you know. So <laughs> just got called out. I love it. Just got called out. I love it. All right. Okay. I'm working on. I'm working on. I'm working that's, on that. That's too. why we've been friends. Because I'm like, I, I didn't go in the closet and and I, you, know, you get it. Cry myself to sleep. You get it. Like, oh, you didn't. Whatever. I got it. Okay. Now you just made it seven months. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you. You lived all. You have had quite oh. the amazing life. I uh, when I grow up, I want to be you. Oh yeah. So um, um, somebody who looks at you is going to look at you, and they're going to say, "Yeah, this is not a dude I want to tangle with." Um, and uh, it's you know, it's it's. Uh, I think we're both in that same period of life where it's like yeah. maybe you weren't where you were, but you got enough in the tank that you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to test it. Yeah. yeah, I know that's. Uh, that that's where uh, that's where you're at. It's seventeen eight years of life, seventeen years yeah. old. You left home to go play with a junior hockey and uh, a junior junior hockey where you earned a scholarship to the University of Minnesota, and yeah. then you represented the United States the nineteen eighty eight Olympics. Oh yeah, and that, wait, Beth's absolute best seventh place team in the tournament. Yeah. We locked into seventh. <laughs> no one was taking it from us. Unbelievable. And then you uh, went on to play with uh, Team USA in three world championships. And then you enjoyed a 10-year professional career playing with the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres. And you didn't just play hockey. You were you were the goalie. Oh, yeah. The dumb yeah. one. You were the goalie. You were the dude that everybody's just shooting at. It's like you are the target down at the end of the range. And <laughs> yes. you got and, – and the round is not small. Painful. I, I, I'm, I am not wired to be a goalie. A goalie needs to be calm. A goalie needs to be in his right mind. A goalie needs to be just, you know, uh, just peaceful in there and let the puck come to him. And I am not that guy. I am. I, I want to engage. I'm jumping all over the place. I, I am I'm terrible <laughs> for goaltending. I cursed my dad today because he stuck me in goal at five years old because he didn't have a goalie and he didn't know how to coach and threw me in there. Pissed me off. So now, no. now you still you're still playing hockey. We still talked the other hockey. day, and you yes. were you were saying, yeah, now I now I get to go out and not oh, be yeah. in a goalie. I just go out and I get to you know wreck these young guys. Yeah, I, I haven't put on a pair of pads since my World Championships nineteen whatever. I got rid of everything and and play forward. And it's it hockey. It's just it's life for me. My wife says when I'm when I'm a complete idiot, go play hockey. Just get away because yeah. you get on the ice and it, you, you engage. Like not a lot of sports you can do that. Like football, you can't really go out and play. You can play flat football but there's no you know but with hockey yeah. go out there and do that and 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 there are fights and, and it's it's wonderful like where else can you beat the shit out of your friend and yeah. then you know go home and no one's gonna arrest you right it's wonderful yeah <laughs> it's great yeah or get yeah. beat up which yeah. I did. I, the, the tipping point for me was uh, i don't try not to do this anymore uh, last summer this 18 year old kid just beat the shit out of me <laughs> and i'm like okay maybe it's time Stop picking fights. You're old. Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> just you just check him into the check him into the boards, and he was like, "Yep, no." No, I came across the middle of the ice, and and he stuck out his his leg and caught me. 
So I two-handed him with my stick. He didn't like that. He had a cage on, so I'm thinking, this is some kid with a cage. He doesn't know what he's doing. He was 6'2 or 6'3. So I grabbed his cage and turned it, and then he started hammering me. And I was, like, shocked that this 18-year-old kid actually knew what he's doing. Because in hockey today, if you watch it, they've, they've tried to take fighting out of the game, which is is not a good thing, I don't think. Right. And you ask a lot of guys. And is it going to happen? Is it how, how I, successful I think the way they're going, it? yeah. I think Because oh, really? these kids now, my kid, my son now plays, and, and they grow up in it. And they, as they slowly just kind of— you know, uh, emasculate them from from hitting in uh, the way that they used to and and engaging. Mm-hmm. It just you know it's a slow cook, and now the league you don't see a lot of a lot of fighters. And, and the reality is in hockey, fighting keeps it safer. That yeah. sounds counterintuitive, but it's not because here's the deal: if you're on the ice with Wayne Gretzky, let's take you know one of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. What you knew as a player is if you touched him, you were going to deal with Marty McSorley. Now, I don't know if you know who Marty McSorley is. No. Just one of the, the great fighters and wingmen and all, all sports for hockey. Right. And Marty was crazy. And if you touched <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, Marty was coming over to beat the hell out of you. So what does it do? You think twice about touching Marty. It's a policing system that, that worked besides the fact who doesn't like a bare-knuckle fight on the ice. Right. So... Ah, <laughs> I like it. You know, there's this weird. So I, I do a lot of jujitsu, yeah, MMA stuff, and there's this weird social thing that happens with jujitsu. It's most of the fights when you're about to engage with somebody, yeah. you start sitting down, what and you, it's like you just you just start a, on the ground facing. At least one of them is, and then then you have to pass. You have to pass a guard. Whoever whoever elevates first is the one who has to pass the guy who's still on the ground. You got to pass his guard. In other words, his guard is you got to get by his legs, and he's doing a lot of just maneuvering around just to, just so you can't get up and you can't choke. Yeah. Him. You can't choke somebody if you can't get past their guard. Right. And uh, I remember one of the senior guys. His name is Greg McIntyre. The guy is it's just an amazing fighter. He's had an amazing MMA career. We we uh he was just like hey Bram want to do a round and I was just honored because hey man Greg McIntyre is actually talking he wants to do a round with me and so I'm sitting I'm like yeah, yeah sure and he's like what are you doing I was like um I don't know you know this is <laughs> you're, you're sitting probably like this by six yeah. six seven years ago and he was like stand up he goes when's the last time you saw a fight start when you're sitting down facing each other get on so your good. feet and then uh, I stood up to where he commenced to uh, ragdolling me. <laughs> And uh, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> humbling, yeah, uh, absolutely uh, humbling. Cause you know, something even about that in the midst of, of taking a punch or fighting and, and being humbled in that there's something that goes on in your head that, that isn't maybe normal for the, but it, it's just good. It, it's just like, okay, regroup, think, yep. let's go. One of the things I'm always teaching my kids is, uh, is one, do something that sucks every day, do the hard stuff. Because if you, if you are going to choose to do the hard thing, then what hard stuff happens to you you're going to say i might have chosen that or i'm not afraid of it at least and i'm going to go and i'm going to and i'm going to attack it i'm going to take it head on yeah yeah and there's in combat sports do that because you're going to encounter adversity and you're going to encounter it at a very high level especially if that dude has years on you maybe has a couple weight classes on you um he might have some mercy on you might might but he's also gonna he's also gonna put you through a really really hard test yeah and so i always tell my boys like hey you know what when adversity happens Hey, you don't have, to, don't have to run. Yep. Embrace it. Don't run away from it. Run towards it. You want to run the sound of gunfire, run towards it. Yeah. And, and 
I didn't realize how much of an impact that made on the boys until I started seeing them as adults and the way they yeah. handle themselves. I was like, man, I was so glad I had them actually in combat sports and have mm. And now our young guy, Adrian, who you just yeah. met, uh, he's, yeah. he does that. Well, he's kind of like your baby giraffe. Yeah. You know, he's just, yeah. just, just, just all wobbly awkward. and there's <laughs> yeah. very coordination escaped him somehow, somehow, but he's not afraid now if somebody were to get their hands on him. And that was the main reason for getting them into combat sports is so that they could deal with adversity later. What does it feel like when someone gets their hands on you with bad intentions? What are you going to yeah. do? And there's a, there's just something there's a, that. And, and I think men just in general, well, I, let's just, let's take it off of that. Let's just say people in general are not confrontational these days. Yeah. No. It, it, adversity is a gift. And, and if you embrace and look from a leadership perspective, if you embrace in adversity as a gift, it'll change you. What we're looking to and what we've seen society-wise is that that we're, again, that word emasculating our men. Mm. Don't touch the guns. Don't engage in a fight. I've got a, a phenomenal wife. She was a Laker girl. She's she's Yeah, Chris is awesome. can be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and she's in amazing. junior high, we're at a, a a Christian school. I've got three boys, two girls, and two grandbabies. And uh, we're at, a, a, and my, my thing with my boys is always this you can fight. In fact, I want you to fight, but you better not ever start a fight. Mm -hmm. You come in and you finish fights. Mm -hmm. And when you finish a fight, I expect you to do whatever you need to do to finish the fight, but you don't start it. So we're at, we're at school and, and uh, TJ and Hudson and Hudson was younger and some guys were picking on him yeah. and TJ stepped in and, and, and hammered some kid gets suspended. So I, I come home and you know, I'm as a dad, you're like, okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. I'm listening to my wife on the phone and she's talking to the school and they're like, your son and this, and he's suspended. And, and I'm like, oh God, how's this going to go? You know? Yeah. And, oh, so, so pumped. Chris is like, let me tell you something with my son. If he is protecting another kid, mm -hmm. you can suspend him every single day of the week. And mm -hmm. I will back him because that's the way we're going to raise our boys mm -hmm. and hung up the phone. Nice. We have to raise men. So, so wait, wait, wait. What's what happened? Uh, he got suspended. I went home and said, "Great job." So get some ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had fun. <laughs> I, I yeah. learned. I actually learned that from my my dad. See, the, the, what you do with your boys. What what we're missing today is men are not imparting to the next generation, and women are 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 stepping in and growing our young men. Mm -hmm. That that's a scary, scary thought. When I was in, in junior high, same thing. Got in a fight. We were uh, we were in an area that was heavily Hispanic, and there was Hispanic games, gangs and and groups in junior high. And and some some kid pushed me, and uh, I said, "Well, here we go." Got in a fight. Got you know broke my hand. Got all that stuff, and got suspended for a week. I came home. My mom was like upset as could be. My dad came home, and he's like, "Well done." Yep. And, and that stuck with me. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? You know, and then you start thinking about it. You defend what is right, what is good. Mm. That's what our boys need to mm -hmm. do. Yeah, my, my boys, um, I remember I got a, a phone call from one of the teachers at their school. And yeah. they said, uh, uh, well, this is right after my boys came home and they said, hey, dad, is it okay to fight? Yeah. Is it okay to fight? Because yeah. we're being told at school that it's not okay yeah. to fight, but can we fight? And, uh, and their, their mom's sitting there and I was just like, Ooh, I got this one. Yeah. <laughs> I got this yeah. one. And I said, listen, I said, role playing right now, you come around a corner and someone is picking on your sister, but they're not putting hands on her. They're yeah. treating her disrespectfully. What do you do? And they're like, well, that's easy. I just get between them. And I just yeah. say, Hey, uh, that's my sister. And if you want to continue what you're doing, that's cool. But yeah. you got to get through me first. And I happen to be a handful. 
Yeah. You know, and they, they were like, awesome. I said, now another one. So you come around a corner, Micah, my oldest, I said, and someone has Sam and they're yeah. in full mountain. They're doing yeah. full ground and pound on him. What do you, what do you do? And he, he, he was like full engaged. Don't stop until they're not moving. Yeah. I was like, my man, I said, here's what's going to happen after that. I'm going to get a phone call from the principal. Yeah. And the principal is going to say, I'd like to see you in my office. Yeah. Um, uh, your son's been in a fight and we're going to suspend him. I said, I'm going to walk in the office. I'm going to sit down. I say, Mr. Principal, go ahead and tell me what you yeah. got. And he's going to tell me what you did, yeah. Micah, Sam. And then I'm going to turn to one of you boys, whoever is in the, in the hot seat. And I'm going to say, what happened? You're going to tell me your side, which I'm going to bet is going to be not a, a it's just going to be perspectively different. Yeah. It's not going to be. Um, uh, from a uh, content or truth perspective, it's not going to be different than right. what he said. Yeah, I said then I'm going to turn to the principal and I say, "What's the punishment?" He said, "But well, there's they're going to be suspended." Then I'm going to turn back to you and say, "Cool, you got your stuff. Let's go get some ice cream." <laughs> I said, "That's I how it. that's how that's going to go down." Yeah. The boys were like, "Really?" Yeah. Of course, mom wasn't super super stoked about it, uh, you know. But but uh, um, but after explaining it to her, she she fully got it. Now fast forward about a week later. The boys. So as they got older, um, um, one of the big things for discipline that we would do is I would say, drop down, push them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do some push-ups. Yeah. And so the, the boys were, would, it didn't matter where we were. You know, we could be in a grocery store. We could be in the airport. Both yeah. places we, we did that. Love it. And, uh, and they were doing the presidential physical fitness test. And the teacher called me and said, so uh, we did the the presidential physical fitness test today. And, um, the kids, you have, uh, the chart I had, we had Sam who at the yeah. time was probably eight or nine. Yeah. And most kids are getting like five or six pushups. Your kid is hitting 30, 35, 40, and he's still going. Yeah. And, um, I, and so I, uh, I called a, called a break and, uh, I was like, go ahead and, and, and get up. And, uh, and I said, well, did he get up? Yeah. Because he's not gonna get up till you say recover to saying get up doesn't work. And I know like, he got up. And I asked him why he was so good at push-ups, and he said, um, "Well, when we get in trouble, Dad makes us do push-ups." That's hilarious. And so the teacher started questioning me about oh, yeah. my about my parenting because because they it was yeah. a, it was abuse, you know. And I just said, "Okay, well, um, <laughs> here's 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 how this is going to go because my kids aren't going to be in." The, they're not going to be in the back seat of a police car. I want them in the front seat. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be walking around with their hand out. Like, can you, yeah. can you help me? I want them with their hand up. Like I have, I have a solution. They're yeah. going to be, they're going to be functional members of, of society. And I want them to be leaders and not followers. Yeah. I want them to be good at following the right people. I want them to be the leaders for the people who are behind them, who are following in. I want them to be a draft. They can fall in behind somebody yeah. and they can break the wind for whoever's behind them and make, make it so that somebody has an example to follow that's yeah. what I, and i'm i'm long i'm i'm full preach mode on this teacher yeah. and the teacher's like okay um yeah oh that was great great talk to you i, I gotta go <laughs> and she just hung up the phone and it was like, click so and uh okay i guess she got what she needed so i asked the boys later what happened yeah and uh and sam was like yeah she was not too excited about my answer when i told her <laughs> i said yeah sometimes you gotta meter your response when you're in with these with these teachers here's the thing though you know i've my wife and I were in the ministry too, among other things, and, and some of the leadership stuff I do. But in 25 years, 27 years, really, of ministry and and ministering to couples, and we've probably, gosh, done marriage counseling, I can't even count, hundreds of times. We've met with couples and sat down. To a T, I have yet to see, to a T, when a man, 
gosh, covers, loves. I have yet to meet a woman who who doesn't want a man to fight for her. Mm-hmm. When he when he covers her, when he loves her well, when he's kind to her, when he cherishes her the way that the Bible says that you're supposed to, they want a man who will fight. Yeah. They want a man who fight. I'm, I'm a couple right now. I'm, I'm dealing with, and and he's, he's in uh, special ops, and and he wants to get in the fight, and and she's like, oh, we don't want. To. I'm like, no, you want him to fight because you've got a little girl. You want him to fight because you have a little boy that needs to learn how to fight. Mm. And it to a T, every single woman, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. We did a men's conference not that long ago. Yeah, it actually was. It was before COVID, so it was actually the year COVID started. Uh, it was in. Denver area. We had an arena out there. We just filled this place up with dudes. We had uh, we had picketers outside. Oh no! <laughs> it's like it's exclusive. I can't believe yeah. that you know me and and uh, it's like hey, let them in. Put put them in a box yeah. up there. I want them yeah. to see what's happening. Yeah. And uh, yeah, weird. Nothing came of that. Yeah. You know, it did um, anything they tried to counter us with. It really didn't happen because I think what they saw was us trying to make men better yeah. for who they're supposed to be better for. Yeah. I mean, say, if you don't have picketers, you're not doing something right. Right. Something's, if you don't have someone who's opposed, if half the crowd is not offended by what you said, you didn't say anything. Yeah. You had nothing to say. Yeah. Truth, yeah. truth hurt. Truth sits inside and, and stirs up. And, and that's, that's what men respond to. Mm-hmm. That's what they should respond to is truth that comes from another man uh, that has been around, that has, has lived life and done something. Then all of a sudden they're stirred up inside. When you when you, you cut a man's balls off, well, young boys, you can't use guns, you can't fight, you can't talk like that, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can be whatever you want. What you're doing is, is you're taking away from them that stirring that God placed in them so that when another man speaks, they're stirred up. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I don't want to overuse the word emasculated, but but uh, when men speak to young boys or young men, it should stir something up inside. Mm-hmm. And go, okay, I'm in. I'll follow mm-hmm. you. Let's go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. That's sports. That's dad and and son. That's mm-hmm. that's life. The way God meant it to be. Mm-hmm. If that if men are to be stirred up to lead and to fight. Yeah, that's how. That's the DNA that's inside yeah. of us. You said something interesting. You said if you're not if you're not drawing a picketer. Yeah, if you're not drawing something from, uh, uh, if you're not, if you're not, uh, if you're not uh, drawing a foul, yeah, uh, you're probably not doing it right, and and uh, yeah. it's it's so true. Um, Zach and I just did a, a a thing not long ago on the the three levels that often draw emotion, and it's going to it starts with opinion because opinions. Like, uh, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I think even Zach just put a thing in there. It's like a that stick figure. It says your feelings, and it's got yeah. this stick figure humping the Y on your feelings. You know, and so it's yeah. like you know, it's, uh, you know, f your feelings. Yeah. And so it's it. So opinions. And then there's facts. But facts can change. Yeah. But then there's truth. Yeah. And you're so right. Truth is so offensive. If you operate from a truth perspective in yeah. everything you do, which is what I always try to do, because yeah. I'm always, I'm always. I, for some reason, I can, I can, I can draw a fight. You know, yeah. we're talking outside about one of the biggest fights I'm in right now. Yeah, and this, I mean, truth be told, there's probably like three or four of those going on right now. Yeah, things that are on that level. Yeah, and I'm always like, why is it always? I was talking to my wife the other day. I'm like, why is it always me, man? Why do I always get? And she says, because you're doing it right. 
Yeah. So the enemy knows when you're doing something that is going to that is going to uh, uh, wound his efforts because he doesn't ultimately know what we're called to do. Yeah. He doesn't. He's got it. He might be able to see a blueprint because yeah. you're made in the likeness of God. Right. And so yep. he knows that you're that you're meant to do amazing things, that you're meant to lead, that yep. you're meant to be in the front doing what you're supposed to be doing. So everybody else behind you can say, I want to do what that guy's doing. Yeah. But then when you start to do it, the enemy is just like, oh, hell no, I got to st- I got to do something yeah. to counter that. And if I don't, then I'm going to be I'm going to be losing out in the end. And my my soul count. Yeah. In, the, in hell is going to start reducing. Yeah. And right now we're in that day and age where, where crazy is happening. Yeah. People live in that offended life oh. so much. People just walk around offended, say one little thing wrong. Yeah. And there are certain things that we ought to be, I get it, you know, just in this day of age, you know, if you do want to be effective, you kind of got to watch it a little bit. Zach, he likes to, he, he, Zach makes some of the most amazing videios. And yeah. he was just like, I want to put this on Skydive San Diego's yeah. <laughs> uh, thing. I was like um i don't know how yeah, that's gonna go because you know but right. it's like so we have to be careful to yeah. some degree but when it comes down to this kind of truth man i'm not shy about it and i know we're probably picking the biggest fight ever because the enemy is going to come at you with everything he's got but i'm not i'm just not afraid of that well yeah. and here's the deal the enemy knows how god created men which is to conquer, to fight, to go after the fight, yep. running towards. Mm. So the enemy knows that the DNA of, that God has placed in us is that. So knowing that that that's how we're supposed to respond, what he's trying to do is cut us at our legs early on. So we never get to that point. It's, uh, you know, I, I was just reading the other day, Khrushchev, you know, the, the Russian leader from, I don't know, mid-50s to 64-ish or something. But there, there he was rumored to have said, um, that we can we can uh, destroy America without ever firing a shot. Now uh, it's argued whether he said that or not, or that was said, but how he said it. But his whole point, as you read, and what what he was saying is this: we can destroy America without ever firing a shot. And this is how we do it: we go in through the media, through um, uh, through schools, through parenting. We just slowly introduce communism. We slowly introduce socialism. We slowly introduce these things. And the next thing you know is you have this fight that is in their men, and it starts to dissipate, and it starts to go away. Mm-hmm. We start to question words. We start to take away truth and meaning. And, and, and his whole point was, It'll take some time, but at the point, the tipping point, what you'll have is this group of men who aren't willing to fight for what's right, what's true, and their nation mm-hmm. without firing a single shot. It's eerily uh, uh, just coming to fruition now. We're seeing that. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to go far. No. <laughs> you don't have to go far no. to see how it has been an effective measure that they took, and and I and and I think that it's. I mean, you know, I think I think there's that there's there's that there are more than just that from the political end. You know, I think that there's that there's other nations out there that are looking at us and saying it that's not that's not hard to go ahead and destroy this nation through its people through its young people but you have men not standing up and the worst right. thing that you know you can do in the face of 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 evil is yeah. nothing 
Absolutely. The worst thing you can do is nothing. And we have a whole bunch of nothing going on. And I think that men as believers need to do something. And it starts with your own babies. It starts with your own household. It starts with your own, with your, with your wife. One of the things that I always ask guys when they're having kids, I have a bunch of team guy buddies of mine that just had babies. And I say, okay, got a baby now. How does that change your priorities? Yeah. Ooh. And they say that their their answer is, oh man, I got a new number one. I was like, mm, mm. okay, come back to me, come back to me in, come back to me in 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 uh, six months. Yeah, all it's gonna take it, it's gonna take a matter of months before you realize that your your priorities aren't in order. Right. So let me tell you, they're, they're like, well, what do you mean? And they all drop into like, tell me, yeah, tell me mode, right? Priority one always number one wife. Yeah. Your wife is always number one. I said, well, I know you're a Christian, you're a believer. Shouldn't God be first? I'm like, you place God first by placing your wife first. Yeah. When yeah. your wife is number one and your and your kids now, they're like, oh, they're a unified front. Yeah. Now the kid has lanes Dude. and they're going down this. So good. They're going down this yeah. road. And if they have this lane that they're in, they're like, oh, I'm good. If you prioritize that kid, yeah. you're removing those lane lines. That kid's going to go wherever he wants. By the time that kid's four, he's going to be number one in the household, yeah. and you aren't. Dangerous. I, we would sit at the dinner table. That, that's such a great point. And, uh, you know, I have five kids, so we'd, we'd sit at the dinner table, literally, and we'd have our conversations. And we'd try to do four or five dinners together a night, hardwood sports, but we'd do it. Anyways, one of the things I would do regularly is, is as we're sitting, I'd look over to Chris, my wife, and i go, Hey, guys, I love her more than I love any of you. And they go, what? <laughs> like just, and they go, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, I love that woman. I love Jesus. I love that woman. And then you guys next. And, uh, and then invariably what it would come out is, Oh, well, who do you love? You know, after that? And I'm like, depends on what day it is. Well, I'll let you know <laughs> who's there. But the, the point is this, if a child, and this is so critical and we're losing this in families, when when a, a son or daughter knows that dad loves his his wife or mom loves a husband, mm. there's no way that they're not going to love them. Mm-hmm. See, so the number one thing when we do marriage counseling and parenting is like, you love your spouse well, and your kids will have security knowing that you're going to love them. Nice. You're, you're right on the money. And and with teams, that's hard because I, I'm assuming I I've been with sports teams, but not what you've done. But and that's a whole nother level of teams because your trust level and how do you how do you go back and forth from, you know, being on mission with those guys and, and you trust them with your life to now you got to go back home with family. It's that's a tough that's a tough one. Yeah. To handle. Um. And I think it's important. I mean, I mean, yes, it's probably different uh, to some degree between the sports teams and the and and military, especially when you yeah. start getting up into the apex predator yeah. of military. Nothing against your the guys that are the support guys, right? right? But really, the only guys I really deal with or have dealt with are the operators and the shooters. Um, when those guys when those guys come home, they're coming off of a of a certain kind of high that you really can't legally duplicate. Yeah. And that <laughs> legally being the key word. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's Absolutely. where it becomes. So now you have you have guys coming up. They have they have they have uh, they have actually taken on of some degree. Some of them, some of them, some of them, not so much. Yeah. 
Um, but it, depending on who they are and how they how they how they process the things that have happened to them, are going to have you know, post traumatic stresses yeah. that are going to be now. Now you have to take that and introduce that into the equation with yeah. a mom, with a son, with a daughter, with a with a family that's that's happening that has been operating without him for the last six months. Yeah. All of a sudden, dad shows back up and he yeah. shows up with a couple friends, and by friends I mean things yeah. running around inside of his head yeah. that they may not be able to, to deal with effectively. So then, so then how does that happen? And, 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 and I've had, see this year I'm on right now. I'm on four of my buddies, four teammates that have taken their own life. Mm. Um, uh, and, it, and, and some of these guys well adjusted, they seem to have it all together. You yeah. didn't see it coming at all. You know, and it's it's those. That's what I mean by they show it back up at home, and they got a couple friends with them. Yeah, they have some. Yeah. They have some stragglers that are coming into the house. Yeah. That now, not only dad and mom have to deal with each other, but now you have this other dynamic that's there based on what has happened to him over the six months, and he may not feel the invitation to be able to speak about that stuff yeah. to his wife. Yeah. So I have it. It happens pretty. It happened to me two weeks ago. One of the guys came off deployment and said, Hey, Bram, uh, we need to talk. Yeah. I was like, how soon I'll drop everything I got right now to, yeah. to get home. And this guy doesn't have a wife doesn't have kids, but he doesn't, he understands he brought some friends home and he's just like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want that to affect things. And it's not like it was a few years ago yeah. where the, 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 the getting was really heavy. Um, but he's young. He's, he came home and, and he's, and he still just, he just wanted to, to talk about it. And I love that because that's a dude, that's a man yeah. who's willing to, to uh, be vulnerable. To, to, yeah. And, yeah. and when these guys come home and the stuff that they say to me, man, I didn't, I really, I didn't have that um, yeah. when I, when I was in the teams. Now, granted, it wasn't like it is now or was during uh, the, the global war on terror, GWAT. Yeah. Uh, those guys, my primarily, my time was in the, was in the uh, early 2000s and in the 90s, uh, especially late 90s. And it wasn't uh, like it is now where it was 2005, 2006, 2007, 2009, yeah. where it, uh, guys were coming home and they, they had some, they had some things that they had to sort out. And um, the, a lot of the guys that I know that were real high end operationally, they did, re they did really good stuff yeah. overseas. They came home and they right away began to talk about it. And they began to talk about it with the right people, right? And um, and they did. They they like. I still have. I still have some things I think about. Some things still run through my head. Yeah. I know I don't process things like the way the way normal people would, or the way I did in high school, or maybe after. But um, I'm in such a better place than had I not done that. And so there's a lot of there's a lot to that. Mitchie Brusco, who was here last Monday. Um, he and I sat around, we talked a lot for about, uh, the mental health issue, yeah. what happens and the way that you deal with things after doing things like some of the stuff that he's done in the X games and with his skateboarding. And, uh, man, as such a young kid, so well adjusted, I, I wish that I was that well adjusted, you know, that after, yeah. after, uh, some of the yeah. military stuff, because I think that I made a lot of bad calls early on in my life yeah. that could have been could have been different if I had just had someone to talk to someone to yeah. sit down with and someone to say, Hey, look, things aren't, things aren't yeah. going the way, the way that I, 
that the way that I had envisioned them to go as a man. Right. There, there are absolute similarities between sports and it, you just, I mean, teams just takes it to a whole nother level. I mean, for the sports, the big issue is uh, identity coming out. You know, you've done this thing for 30 years and now it's over and you're like, this is who I am. This is what I do. I, I remember distinctly with Chris when we first got married and I was finishing up my career and I'd come home and she's like, this isn't a locker room. This is this is home. I'm not one of the boys. Yep. You know, my wife says that too. She's like wife, not yeah, buddy, not buddy, wife. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard. You just shifting in. So, Did you ever well, call her, dude? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Among other things, yes. Um, so the the transition again, I, I, no comparison between military and teams and and what you guys have done in sports, but but uh, on some level you can experience that because your whole identity. I'm sure uh, you, you go out on a, a, a six six months with with your teams. Your whole identity of those guys, your mission, what you're doing. I mean, you're singularly focused on mm. it. It's intense. Sports on on some level, it's not life or death, but there's a singular, uh, you know, mission and intensity. So, and then all of a sudden it's gone. It's like, I've done this my whole life. What, what am, who am I? What am mm. I doing? You know, and, and that adjustment again, I do not want to compare and say it's on the same level, but there are some similarities in what, what athletes have to do. It's going to be so great for, uh, for, because I know you have a son. Yeah. Now that's uh, that's starting to venture into that into that world um, in the military and doing yeah. doing high end military stuff. Um, it's going to be so so great for him to have you to be able to come back and say, uh, "So uh, this happened. Uh, how do yeah. I deal with that relative to my family, my my kids, my wife?" And uh, it's going to be it's going to be because there's not a lot of guys who are in the. A lot of guys have great dads, yeah, but many of them of the dads like my dad did not understand what you're going through what what yeah and so i would call my dad my dad's an amazing human yeah. my dad is one of the Love. best men that i mean chainsaw to this day chainsaw wielding truck fixing Hello. you know and yeah. on his back in man, the middle of a man. snowbank changing out the <laughs> rack and pinion steering yeah. on on a on an old truck on an old <laughs> car i mean he's just a and very yeah. few words when he does talk, you lean in because you know it's going to be solid. That's yeah. my dad, right? But it. even he didn't really understand the, like all the the crazy that went on in my life. Yeah. But but what I did have was I had I had I had Greg, Pastor uh, Greg, Warwick. Greg Warwick. Yeah. yeah. And um and I didn't realize what an advantage it was, like how much I had an. I was blessed to have that guy yeah. because I mean I don't know if you um, if you saw his last book that he just put out called the Warfighter Soul. No, he I heard of it and he told me about it. But yeah, I, I have a copy that. in my office. I'll okay. I'll uh, before you go I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll give you one. Okay. It's legit. It's legit and yeah. it's getting a lot of attention and it's getting a lot of attention from warfighters because the warfighters that are reading it are saying he just identified me. In it, wow. he just talked about me. Just he just that was my situation, wow. and I did not handle it right. And he has people coming out of the woodwork. He has, I mean, not, not to mention you know, Fox News and other yeah. media outlets, but he has like Border Patrol, law enforcement agencies, wow. military units coming to him saying, "Can you come yeah. and talk to our guys? And do you have a workbook? Do you have something yeah. that we can do that that's that's a wow. process based thing so we can." We we can begin to walk them through this. So Greg is now, and that's what I had. Yeah, on a on a regular on a regular basis. And I was yeah. still a knucklehead, you know. Yeah. And he, was so, 
It was yeah, it's so great. it's been you know for for T and what he's doing. It, we spent uh, about six months. Would meet once or, or every week or two and just talk about how are you going to get through the difficult. How are you going to get through? You know, they have a week that's pretty fairly difficult for yeah. for what he he does that I think you've been through. And uh, we we would I'd meet him for lunch. We go, what are you going to do when you want to quit? What are you going to do when the the hard? What are you going to do when the hard comes? You know what? Because you know when you look at your your what you do, um, the attrition rate is is off the chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so we just we went through four or five go tos when you're ready to quit when you're done, you know. And and uh, um, and it, for me it was it was phenomenal because my my career was about quitting. I should have quit fifteen times. I should have. I, I mean, I was told by general manager after general manager that I was just horseshit. You know, we want to we want be done with you. Why don't you just quit? And it, just perseverance. Just don't quit. I mean, I, I can't tell you time after time I watch great players that didn't get an opportunity because they were frustrated because they didn't get an opportunity. They just quit. They're mm. much better than I was. It, so for me and my kids and, and when I talk on leadership, it's like the opportunity will come. Most of you aren't willing to wait for the opportunity because you're going to quit before that happens. Mm. If you just stay the course. And my, for me in hockey, my motto was they're going to throw me out. I, I know what I'm supposed to do. You're going to throw me out. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to continue to play. And the moment that you say no more, no more, and there's no more teams, then I'll know it's time. But time and time again was told I couldn't do it. And I I spent, you know, uh, gosh, I spent the first five years battling in the minors on probably, I don't know, about 16 different teams, just going from team to team, just fighting, you know, just trying to make it and and should have quit. But but here's the thing. The opportunities will always come. Mm. They're coming. Are you going to be there? Well, you've quit, you know, and uh, if you just stick in long enough, yeah. you, it's going to come. Then everything that you've done to prepare for that moment is when you grab a hold of it and you run. Yeah. Someone said to me, I forget who it was and even how long ago it was, but it's something that always, you know, those things that somebody throws a nugget in yeah. you in, 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 at you and it just, you, you grab it, you stick it in your pocket yeah. and it's always there. Yeah. And this one is kind of along those lines, but it, it was like the, the, there's the difference between stopping short and falling short huh. are completely different. Absolutely. Falling short is doesn't have the regret that stopping short oh. does. Yep. And so it's yep. um so good. It's a it's a um it's the the I have a lot of guys that I have spent a lot of time with in before they're going through the whole process to get into yeah. the military or whatever big thing in the military they're going to try to do, be it SF or maybe PJ or uh, MARSOC and the Marine Corps, maybe yeah. even the SEAL teams. And they, um, and I, I always walk them through. I said, you, are you sure that this is what you want to do? Yeah. Do you, do you know that you're not going to quit? Like, I know it. Uh, I absolutely yeah. know 100%. Yeah. I said, okay. All right. So, so let's take a wrap off and let's look at this from a truth perspective. The truth is you are going to face things that your psychology is not going to know the difference between it being a safe environment or an unsafe environment. Right. You're going to look at it and be like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I think I'm going to die. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah. Yep. It's cold. (laughs) Yeah. You've been awake for four days, five days, however long. And yeah, Yeah. you've been doing constant physical activity. You got it in you, your body 
and your brain have two different criteria of what hard is. Yeah. Your brain is going to try to shut things down. Your body's going to be like, oh, I got more. Yeah. Which one are you going to listen to? So, what, But the critical point in there is what I found is, is are you willing to die? Mm, yeah. Because you can say all those. If you're, not, if you're not really truly willing to die, when the hard comes, you go, eh, you know. Yeah. That, the men who are like, I'd rather you kill me. I'd rather die right here than to quit are the ones who go beyond. Right. But there's a lot of guys, oh, I'm not, you know, I, I'll yeah. die for this. It, it's the same principle in our marriages, for our sons, for righteousness, for truth. We go, oh, yeah, I'll stand up. I'll stand up until the difficult comes, mm-hmm. until you can be canceled for what you say. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, I'm, I didn't really mean it that way. No, no, no. That's exactly what I meant. Right. What are the consequences? Yeah. If it's worth fighting for, better be worth dying Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what you do, I, I'm assuming the men that make it are the ones who go, you're going to have to kill me. Oh, 100%. You're going to have to kill me. 100%. I'm not. And there are some that they that they, they come back to me and they said, man, you were right. Man, this isn't for me. Yeah. I said, okay. Which is honest. And uh, okay, I'm all right. What's, I say, what I say, next? Yep. That's exactly what I said. And they were expecting me to like, uh, oh man, you, you failed. Oh, what's man, wrong with yeah. you? Yeah. I'm like, cool. What's, what is it? What's next? What is yeah. it? Go, what is it that you're going to do next? Because whatever, because God took you through that yeah, for, for a reason. reason. He had me with you in there, in in that little in that little mess that you just went through yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Whatever you're going to do next is is not going to be that. Yeah. And and you are going to be armed with what you learned there, what yeah. you learned in our interactions. Yep. Whatever you do next, man, you're gonna do you're gonna do well. And to the man, every single one of them has come back after that and said. You were 100 right again. This is something that I now they're doing something that they're actually passionate about. Yeah, they're in their lane. What mm-hmm. the purpose of what the, adversity is a gift? Adversity is a gift. I'm yeah. telling you, the the gosh, after after being playing professionally for well, it was I was 20 years. I was 25 when I played my first NHL game. So I started when I was five. It was 20 years to get to this point. I'm in the Boston Garden. I mean, it, the old Boston Garden. Mm. 18,000 fans. It smells like brats because they're, you know, it's yeah. it just <laughs> rats in the building and just, I mean, just character. Like literally, not like in the old days in those, those, those rinks and stadiums, everything was straight up and down. So literally people are on you. Now it goes out because they want to put in more seats. So it's not as intimate. Back then it was intimate. You could see and, you know, everybody in the stands. It was crazy. So 25 years, I'm in the Boston Garden. I'm looking in the in the rafters, and in the rafters is you know is is Bobby Orr and and Phil Esposito and Jerry Cheever. All the greats of the game are hanging from the rafters, and I'm going, holy shit, what am I doing? Okay, this is what I am created. This is the moment that I'm created for. So all this emotion and and uh, we're playing the New Jersey Devils and. Uh, uh, we, we go up one nothing, and then they score on a power play, 1-1, and then they score uh, again. It's 2-1. We go into the second period. I think it's the second period. Anyways, breakaway. Bobby Holy comes on a breakaway. I make the save. That's what I'm supposed to do. My defenseman turns away, and they score on the rebound. Defenseman's supposed to pick up the puck after that. Didn't do it for whatever reason. So it's, it's 2-2. Okay, no big deal. We go into yeah. the third period. And uh, same thing. It, it 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 another breakaway. I make the save, and there's a scramble, and they score on that. 
Now we're down 3-2 in New Jersey, and I'm starting to hear some smatterings. I had taken the place of Reggie Lemelin, who was a, 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 a you know, had been around forever. It was a legend everybody loved. And it was, it was the way they went about the transition of calling me up. They called me up to be a stopgap, not to take his place, essentially. So they called me up, and, and they literally packed his bag and had it outside the locker room. That's how he found out he was no longer going to Whoa. be playing for it, which is just absolutely bullshit, not how you treat someone who's been around for yeah. that long. So there's all this tension, all these things. And uh, and, and I remember um, looking in the stands, I have a picture of me playing in goal, Ray Bork next to me. And there's someone in the stands holding a, a sign that says, we want Reggie. So that was the guy that I had replaced. And I love that because it just, it just, so we're playing, we're down three, two, and, and now I'm starting to hear smatterings of, you know, booze. I'm in Boston playing for Boston. And I got in my freaking head and I started to just didn't stay calm. I started sweating. I, I remembered as clear as could be and, and started thinking, okay, what's three, two, we're down three. I can't, you can't let this go. Not two minutes later, as I'm thinking about these things, the game's going, Bruce Driver comes down the right wing, takes a slap shot right over the blue line. It goes right between my legs. Oh, dude. It just everything's just slow motion, and then eighteen thousand people erupting, booing. I'm like, oh my god, this is just. I, and I'm wow. like, God, you brought me all the way here. Twenty years of this for this moment. This is what I'm here for, and and boos are going, and and then they start chanting, "We want Reggie," and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to look at the bench because I I know what's going to happen. He's going to pull me. Third period, tight game. I finally look over. Brian Sutter's a coach, great coach, loved him. Um, but he's like out. I'm skating. I'm like, frick, you know, I'm skating to the bench again in, in Boston. Boston fans are hardcore. If you're winning the best place you ever want to be, if you're losing, not the best place you right. want to be. <laughs> yeah. As I'm skating, I got video. As I'm skating, throwing hot dogs, throwing pa plastic cups, throwing, I mean, I'm getting peppered. They had to stop the game to scoop everything off to put it in the trash. You're throwing things at me. And uh, and go to the bench. I just I buried my head in my hands and just got, oh, God, what 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 is this? Yeah. You know, I, I just yeah. wanted to go into a hole and and hide. And, and, uh, and, and I look at that moment now, looking back some gosh 30 some years and and uh, it was it was the beginning of my NHL career not the end although I thought it was the end but but that had that that feeling that that fight that that fu I'm not gonna let this define me or be who I am mm -hmm. it, it 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 allowed me to do what I'm doing today mm. it's gotten me through the difficulties of 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 living through life with five kids and a wife and being a pastor and it every adverse moment has defined me in some way to allow me to do the next thing that I'm supposed to mm. do embracing the hard and 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 seeing it as a gift is 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 such a gift if we can give it to our kids mm. if we can teach them how to to do that and question uh, so going back to that event when they were throwing stuff at yeah. you, you're coming oh, yeah. off, coming off, you coming off the, the ice. hot dog in yeah. battle. Did you ever throw a hot dog at you? <laughs> oh no, a hot dog. Did you? Foot long. When you <laughs> went back, when you at the next game, yeah. How was that oh. coming back? So we we go in the locker room and Boston sports writers are just hardcore and and they're, writers are idiots. You know, you're sitting there and I'm in my locker room and there's there's. 15 guys around me asking questions and why did you let that goal in? Why did I'm like, this is stupid. What do you mean? Why did I let that, you know, is a moment this, you know, blah, 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 blah. So fortunately for me, 
someone on the team, we don't know who to this day, someone on the team ripped the hell out of the coach and they printed it anonymously. So we go to the rink. This was on a, 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 a Saturday night. So we go to the rink Sunday and uh, we go in the locker room and he shuts the doors. Brian Sutter was crazy. Played forever. Tough as nails. Unbelievable. He comes in. He's like, which mother effer of you said this about me in the paper? And dude, I mean, it was, everybody's just like, he pulls out a stick and starts beating the hell out of the locker room, like tearing it up. Who's going to be man enough to talk to me? Who, you know, he's just going off. He wants to know who said that about him in the paper. Mm. And, uh, and no one would. So he, he's like, everybody on the ice. So we get on the ice, not a single puck to be found. For the next hour, all he did was bag skate us for an hour, which is just miserable, miserable. I mean, like just, it's just, oh, like, just like uh, just what they, up, like fart like, just like sprints yep, and just, back and forth. So we had a veteran goalie, Andrew Moog was the starter goalie, and great guy, great goaltender, and everything else. And I, I'm new, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, I just got pulled from a game. So I am working my ass off. I'm staying with the forwards. Andy is like, you know. 20 yards behind me and I'm coming around at one point doing a skate. He's like, what are you doing? You're making me look bad. Slow down. And in my mind, I'm going, Andy, I, I got to make a team. I, I don't have any choice. So I'm for an hour straight. I am just working my bag off and, and keeping up with forwards and stuff. Um, and Sutter, he goes, you're going again tomorrow. To which all of the, all the media, oh, this is a mistake. What are you doing? You know, and the next day in the papers, hey, they're going with blue. I can't play. Blah, 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 all that stuff. We played Buffalo. We ended up, uh, your mindset was, okay, in hockey, you have to have a short memory. Like in mm-hmm. a lot of things we do, it's it, yesterday was yesterday. What's today look like? Mm-hmm. Let's go. So we played Buffalo. We ended up winning five to two, and, and I played well. And uh, so he's like, well, let's give him another run. We ended up playing Pittsburgh the next game. They were the defending Stanley Cup champions with Yager and and Lemieux, and they were yeah. that, and and I ended up shutting them out. So uh-huh. in that game, so I just got on a little bit roll. But but it, it, you know, back to your your question, your point of uh, mentally. Look, if we look at as as difficulty as a gift, we think about things a little differently. You know, if we look at difficulty as oh oh god, I'm done, I'm I'm no good, I'm this stuff, it, it just keeps spiraling. You've got to capture that moment and go, no, that moment's that moment. What can I learn from it? Now, what am I going to do? What mm. am I going to do? Yeah, that was a gift. It wasn't, you know, a, it was a gift. Now learn from it and move on. Yeah. Tell me about some of the smack talking oh. that goes on on the ice. There. Tell me about that. Oh, dude, it's good. Is it is it like a, a, a kind that like, like and also the goalie? Yeah, like, like like don't mess with the goalie. Yeah, you're not you to. you uh, you you mess with the goalie, you're gonna you're gonna have have yeah. uh, the rest of the team coming down on you. But you know what? Uh, I'd love to hear your answer, but uh, um, we don't have any more time. Ah. <laughs> so I think for everybody else that's yeah. uh, that's checking this out, right, Zach. We're gonna have to wait until uh, maybe the next episode uh, right. to be able to catch to see what uh, um, what John Blue has to say about smack talking <laughs> about what happens when you uh, mess with a goalie. It hurts me, I but most like importantly, I want to know like what 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 was what was next after hockey and w- when your life made that 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 big change. Yeah. And in I want to start getting into some of that stuff. But uh, yeah, till then, thank you, Bram Radio. Love it. Thanks, Bram.